0: What's going on, everybody? What is up? How y'all doing there in internet wrestling community land and all over the world wide web? It is me. It is me, the big old Stevie C, back for the attack with another edition of the Heel & Face Podcast brought to you by Heel Turn Wrestling. I did something a little different with the graphics today, so I had to, uh, you know, change it up a bit, but here I am back for the attack in the flesh and ready to go Very interesting Weekend Of Pro wrestling For sure A lot of weird Stuff happening On the uh, Super indies A lot of changes I wouldn't say One's a super indie I would say One's probably A major World uh, uh, Promotion But Be it as it may Here we are Doing our thing We're gonna talk about it We're just gonna go Straight through Um I just happened to watch all three WWE products this week. Major broadcast products just so happened. It was another rare week where I watched all three. And in watching all three, I kind of watched none. So I don't really have a review. I can put points together from each three of the shows if you'd like. Or I could just talk about what I'm going to talk about in the news. So you can let me know. The good news is. Nobody passed away Although someone nearly died And we'll talk about that later Plus, one thing I did watch And I was pretty entertained by this weekend Was I caught the Battle Riot 3 Match from Major League Wrestling So they officially kicked off Their next season Of MLW Fusion By giving us the Battle Riot match So i will talk a lot about that At the end of the program But I am going to Hip you guys to Some of the news first But before I do You know what I have to do Because I always do it And I love it Because I love our brand And I always want to rep our brand And by the way At any point In the program You can do what the crawl says And you can go to HTWrestling316 On Facebook We are rapidly approaching We're only less than 100 Away from 100,000 likes And if I had one of those clap machines I would use it for that But I don't So I'm not going to We are still probably uh, About 3,000 or so Away from 100,000 notifications or subscriptions or whatever and we're definitely gonna conquer that mountain soon hopefully too but if you want to rep our brand and you should want to rep our brand because why not you know independent wrestling is opening up everywhere the major wrestling organizations in north america are opening up everywhere what a time to be alive people and you could buy wwe gear you could buy aew gear you could buy any gear to rep your favorite brand at the show you're going to. But why not rate, or I'm sorry, why not rep your favorite brand of sports media talk when it comes to the world of professional wrestling and go to ProWrestlingTees.com backslash Heel Turn Wrestling. That's right. ProWrestlingTees.com backslash Heel Turn Wrestling is your place to rep our brand. You know you want to. You know it'll make you look good, and you can be the envy of all the kids in your neighborhood. So if you just go to uh, Pro Wrestling Tees, and you just type in Pro ProWrestlingTees.com, or you can... Do the whole com backslash Heel Turn Wrestling and you can just find us and go to our page. You can check out our lovely t-shirts here. Billy Alexander's Franchise Takes 5 podcast shirt. You can scroll down here and you can check out Alcoholic Adam, the interviewer slash meme god slash blogger extraordinaire. If you want to rep the whole brand, if you want to rep the mothership, you can definitely buy a Heel Turn Wrestling t-shirt. But of course... Your favorite podcast right here. The Healing Face Podcast t-shirt in all its glory. Dripping, dripping, dripping right there, baby. Right hand side, Healing Face Podcast t-shirt in white and black. So uh, check it out. You know your friends are doing it and it'll make you feel good. All right. So let's just get to um, the news that's all over the place and a lot of uh, interesting things going on in the world of professional wrestling and let's just uh, break this open okay let's just take this band-aid and rip it off or in this case let's just take a pizza cutter and slice open a vein shall we so part of the big news of what's going on in the semi-independent scene the biggest news is the former Zack Ryder on the left there, that's right, Matt Cardona, upsets Nick Cage for the Game Changer Wrestling Heavyweight Championship. This was a feud that happened pretty rapidly. And, of course, I don't know if we're getting worked or not, or if this is a shoot, or we worked ourselves into a shoot, Or we shot ourselves into a work, brother. But either way you look at it, uh, Matt Cardona is now your new GCW heavyweight champion. But let's not forget and let's not belittle the accomplishments of another fan favorite and amazing veteran in his own right. Robbie Eagles becomes the first Australian to win a New Japan title by winning the IWGP junior heavyweight title this past weekend as well so a lot of uh, great things happening in the world of professional wrestling that's outside of wwe and outside of the company or outside of the country even i mean i don't know if you want to say game changer wrestling look you guys know my uh Philosophy about wrestling. You like what you like and I like what I like and maybe sometimes it'll intermingle. You know, I'm not a guy who can't eat macaroni and steak and broccoli on my plate and uh, throw the whole plate out because they all touched. You know, eventually, uh, things are going to touch. Eventually, you're going to have a hardcore or a death match in a major wrestling promotion every once in a while anyway. You know me. I can only watch probably maybe two or three death matches a year. And this is coming from a guy whose favorite professional wrestler, one of his favorite professional wrestlers growing up was Mick Foley. Um, It is what it is. There's a lot of debate on the internet talking about whether or not, you know, this is the new movement. This is where professional wrestling is going. This is what the kids these days with their rock and roll music and their light tubes are bringing to the sport of professional wrestling. I don't have time to debate that with you. I maybe can make that another episode of the Heel and face podcast, but I don't know how to feel about it because half of me is like, you know what? I really don't care. Uh, but the other half of me is like, well, you know, this kind of niche wrestling is being legitimized now because Zach Ryder was a star mainstream star in a major wrestling promotion and he was being used not sparingly but he was being used enough he had a couple of appearances in AEW as Matt Cardona and as you know he spent the better half of last year feuding with his best friend Brian Myers in Impact Uh, this feud with Nick Cage came very suddenly uh, and I'm starting to think there might be a little bit more behind it than just Hey, randomly fighting each other and calling each other out on social media, seeing as though Matt Cardona worked in AEW, Matt Cardona's friends with Cody Rhodes. All of a sudden, from out of nowhere, Nick Gage shows up for Chris Jericho's seven labors or five labors or whatever you call it, match where it was like a death match. Uh, So who knows what strings are being pulled? But somehow matt cardona became the game changer heavyweight champ and somehow nick gage surpassed the odds by ever making it past indie or backyard wrestling so i guess it's a win-win for everybody in that situation now as far as the other one robbie eagles uh, fantastic work and shout out to everybody down there in australia all the amazing heel turn wrestling folks Leo, Adam, shout out to you guys. Shout out to uh, Piers Austin and every time he posts with us. Uh, Robbie Eagles is the reason why there's a huge Renaissance style talent upswing coming from Oceania, coming from Australia, coming from New Zealand, coming from Fiji, Tonga, all the places around there. If you wrestled or you trained with Robbie Eagles, you are guaranteeing yourself a shot at superstardom in the professional wrestling business. So congratulations to this guy, the sniper of the skies, becoming the new IWGP junior heavyweight champion. Is this going to be the springboard for him to get into uh, a bigger title mix with New Japan? We'll see, it remains to be seen. Uh, we know that that's what basically is happening to Will Osprey right now and his shot. He was the man in the junior heavyweight division And then he started gaining more weight, and now he's in major contention amongst the heavyweight and the Intercontinentals. So, matter of fact, he should still be IWGP champion. I thought he was. So, anyway, as you read uh, right there, uh, Robbie Eagles was met with praise, and Matt Cardona was met with pizza cutters. Uh, You can check it out online on uh, Game Changer Wrestling's Twitter handle, they show plenty of pictures of pizza cutters being thrown at him on bottles of beer, empty cups, etc., etc. So it is what it is and we're moving on. But if you thought that was weird, then get a load of this. Out of literal nowhere, this is happening. I don't want to say, well, I don't want to say nowhere. But how do I say it? Wherever this is coming from, wherever, whoever dreamt this up, I guess the speculation is coming true. And it seems as though multiple, multiple sources are reporting that former WWE stars, Daniel Bryan and CM Punk, both of their names in WWE are apparently all elite. That's right, kids. Daniel Bryan, Who, let's be honest, pretty much solidified him as one of the greatest professional wrestlers in the world by being in the WWE. And CM Punk, disgruntled former professional wrestler for the WWE, left. And uh, despite CM Punk saying over and over again in interviews that it would have to be the right situation with the right booking and the right storyline, everything's got to make sense. It seems as though both of these former ring of honor champions, both of these former indie darlings of my wrestling youth have now made it to all elite wrestling and the backlash that they are suffering right now from everyone, from fans, from everyone is ginormous. It's huge. I will never, ever, 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 ever in a million years begrudge or besmirch or downgrade any human being who wants to make a living independently and free themselves however they want to do it. I just got into it with somebody on Facebook. That's probably why I was on a two-day, two-factor authentication ban for probably about 12 hours because – uh, I guess I was spamming or arguing with people too much, but whatever. Um, I don't want anybody, any person who is willing and able to work in this country to be denied being the best that they can be by any government, any institution, any place of employment, any corporation, anything like that. This is the era of gig employment, right? This is the era where people are finally starting to wake up and they don't have to be beholden to any government, any institution, any union, anything to be able to make money and be successful in this country or in this economy if they don't want to. Despite all of the impediments put against them. Sorry for political side rant. We'll get back to what this has to do with these two. We know that Daniel Bryan is a itinerant wrestler. He always has been. Daniel Bryan is just a different kind of guy. He's always kind of gone against the grain, which I always wondered why he would even entertain an invite to the WWE. Maybe he's playing underwater upside down 4D chess and we're all playing checkers. Maybe when things started to happen to him, it was all serendipity that he got the chance. But honestly, his two greatest runs as a professional were Ring of Honor and WWE. Now, I know he's done stuff in PWG and he's done stuff in other places. I get it. But as far as I've watched him, and I've seen his PWG stuff, he was also down there with, like, uh, Excalibur and Super Dragon, and, uh, you know, guys that aren't even in the business anymore, practically, or aren't even wrestlers anymore, practically. Um, so, you know, how much was he gaining in PWG or any other place? Just making funny, silly videos with uh, Cole Cabana and Joey Ryan or whatever, That's 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 – that's good for the inside joke that PWG was, but it wasn't, you know, necessarily big time. Well, ring of honor and WWE are probably going to be two of his greatest runs as a professional. Now I don't want to begrudge him though, you know, because he is an individual and he can choose to work wherever he wants or whenever he wants and do whatever he wants. And he probably knew all about the ease of the WWE contract. And he probably just didn't want to be there anymore. And God bless him. You know, um, I feel like, partially and I have not shied away from saying that the concussion protocol and the WWE probably tried to save him from himself when he was having health issues years ago, but he seems like he's all done with that and it's moving on. Now, um, the fun part about uh, Daniel Bryan, who will probably be, go back to being the American dragon uh, Bryan Danielson, but the fun part of the whole thing is that, like he said, he can go to New Japan and wrestle. He can go to Mexico. He's always wanted to go to Mexico to wrestle for some reason. Um, He can do all that under an AEW contract. So he can come in make some appearances, do some shots. He can do whatever. He can make some money, but then he can go and uh, wander the world as a roving, traveling carny and... Go wherever he wants, and wrestle whomever he wants, whenever he wants. Kind of getting like a John Moxley deal. So who knows? You might see uh, Brian Danielson becoming the IWGP US or Intercontinental Champion. You might see Daniel Bryan become the uh, IWGP Heavyweight Champion. Who knows? Who knows? Now, on the other hand, you got a guy who has been very adamant about not needing professional wrestling to have a fulfilling life. And this is the guy who keeps saying he didn't want to be part of the business anymore. If he was never a wrestler anymore, He, he would he would never cry another tear about it. And he also, by the way, we're talking about CM Punk here. He's also the guy that said that he wouldn't go anywhere unless the stories made sense, unless the bringing me in made sense, unless the money was right, et cetera, et cetera. All the reasons why he wouldn't come back to professional wrestling are totally going on right now in AEW. So to sign with the company that really doesn't have any direction – Really just books literally from segment to segment for no organization, no long term, and is just basically collecting talent for CM Punk to now go. Very interesting. And I have some theories. I can't put them together right now, but I have a working theory that many AEW fans are not going to like. Part of my working theory is is that Vince McMahon in his wild old days is running a scam on all of us. And he is forcing Tony Khan into a Dixie Carter slash Ted Turner situation by flooding the market with high priced professional wrestlers to the point where even Shad Khan has to cut the checkbook off. So I don't know. I'm working on that theory. I don't know how, what do you guys think of it. You can let me know in the comments section below. I just am not sure that this is something that... Uh, uh, it just blows my mind to see these two going back. So again, going to AEW of all places. So that's just like a weird random thing that happened. I guess that's the biggest news that you want to talk about. More news from the world of professional wrestling. So you've got two guys who um, have left the WWE for greener pastures. And so what is the WWE's response? WWE does it streamline the company now that everybody's back, now that fans are back and now they're touring seriously again, are they going to retool things to make sure that they have a tight ship? Are they going to take the forward momentum they had with the pretty good money in the bank and move it forward Nope. Silly. This is the WWE we're talking about, and they can't consistently be good. So, after a near-perfect money in the bank, WWE is all over the place on Monday Night Raw. They're all over the place, and they were kind of all over the place on SmackDown. And NXT, we're going to get to uh, after the break, but... There was just a complete utter mess on raw all over the place. If you can see, you can see uh, if you're watching live, God bless you. Thank you for being here live. But if you want to catch this live, you can always go back to the healing face podcast page on Facebook, or you can get the audio on your favorite podcast streaming service. But before we get to all that, Again, for those of you who are listening to the audio version, you've got John Cena coming back. You've got Nikki A.S.H. cashing in the money in the bank and becoming the new Raw Women's Champion. Speaking of new champions, you have Reginald, who has been the long-suffering attache of Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax now winning the 24-7 championship from Akira Tozawa. And speaking of championships, Keith Lee came out to challenge the almighty, the dominator, Bobby Lashley, in the first segment of Raw, only to get squashed so Goldberg could come back. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, so Goldberg could come back. All of the good graces... That the WWE insisted upon and built with Money in the Bank and how everything was darn near perfect, how everything made sense, and how you could tell which agents did which match and how everything was almost perfect for that pay-per-view. Now, fans, including myself, are left to ask more questions than answers. The only consistent thing, honestly, going on in Raw right now is the Elias versus Jackson Riker feud, which devolved yet again into an instruments match because uh, Elias is unfortunately stuck in bad booking. And some people said this, but and now they've pretty much moved Elias' gimmick and shifted it over to Boogs, who is pretty awesome. I'm not going to lie, but at least what they're doing is they have an old school, consistent, professional wrestling feud that you could pick it out on a lineup. And it's something that we haven't had in a while. So as far as being consistently good, uh, one of the few things on Raw, ironically enough, for two guys that don't need to be and are stuck in mid-card hell. But at least they are trying to put on a noticeable show. And I could get with a Elias Jackson Riker feud for however long and whatever it ends up being. It's not going to end up being for the US belt for anything, you know, for any time. It's probably not going to be worth any belt. It's probably going to be pride between the two of them as Vince McMahon and the writer struggle to justify why having either one of them on the roster anymore. But that's not even the worst part either. The worst part is obviously the return of goldberg i know how much goldberg means to the company and i know how much that we fans are so tired of seeing him but like he said in goldberg's own words he's got a huge contract he's got five or six more matches and they gotta use it up it's like When you quit a job or if you have a union job or whatever, most union jobs, if your salary, they'll pay you for overtime. They'll pay you. You can convert it to real time. You can convert it to sick time. You can convert it to vacation time. You can earn and accrue time off from work. So if you don't use it in most cases, especially if you work for the government, If you don't use your time, you lose it. You don't get it. Uh, Back in the day, back in probably until probably the earlier mid 90s, just my luck, you could save up all of your sick vacation and whatever else and personal time as a teacher. You could save it up. You could save it up for years. I knew I had a teacher in 11th grade who didn't take a day off since the day she was hired as an English teacher at my high school. And we were like, yeah, right. And she showed us her letter of how much time she has accrued. And they sent her a letter because they wanted to buy her out. What was she doing? She was building up all of her time for 30 years. And we wondered why. Some kids wondered why. And she said, because when I'm 55 and I can retire with 100%, I will have paid my doctorate off. I will have invested my money <laughs> and I will be able to take two years worth of paid vacation to work for a university, to go on trips to vacation, to do home repairs, and it'll all be on Akron Public Schools time. And we were like, wow, she is living in year 2021 and we are stuck here in 1991. How foolish of us. Well. The state of Ohio got smart, and they revamped their retirement system. And instead of telling you a long, boring story, I just want to let you know that you can no longer, as a teacher, just save all of your accrued time every year. You're either going to be asked to buy it out or get to, you're either going to get a check at the end of the year for it or you're going to lose it. So they're encouraging people to use their sit time and vacation time and whatnot. Goldberg has this time. Goldberg has all this accrued time He's approaching 60 And he probably has Three or four more matches left On this contract So you know this is going to be a SummerSlam thing You know that they're going to schedule him For some super showdown Two in Abu Dhabi Or whatever They're going to get their money's worth out of Goldberg And there's nothing we can do about it And then they're just going to say And two or three years when he's used up all his matches. Hey, man, have a nice life. And they're going to be able to write it off. And Peacock's going to be happy that they don't have to pay Goldberg anymore. So there you go. Because that will be the finalized part. They're just going to be waiting for this Goldberg contract to run out. So Vince McMahon, in his deathbed, can sign the WWE over to NBC Universal, Comcast for them to deal with. That was a very long analysis and a long story to say that We're going to have to live with it, whether we like it or not. Goldberg is going to be around. He's going to be around to stay. He's probably going to challenge a couple more times for the heavyweight belt. He's going to continue to be Don Quixote running with the Lance towards windmills like Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre and hopefully in some point Big E and always fall short. But at least they've got somebody that they can do blow off throwaway matches with. And... Despite what you guys might think on the internet, and despite what we all feel about Goldberg on the internet, he still draws. They still chant his name. We're sick and tired of it. He's clearly lost 50 pounds, and he looks like he could barely pick up his son, let alone Bobby Lashley. By the way, speaking of Goldberg, his son has been training at the Performance Center, too. His son is training to be a professional wrestler. So... Well, we're not done with Goldberg yet, and Goldberg is not done with us. So if you want to take a look, again, a lot of hits this week on Raw, but a lot of misses. And probably the highlight of this, and again, this is another controversial thing, but uh, Nikki A.S.H. winning the women's belt and defending it, by the way, at a house show this week, too. She is a very cool human being by all accounts. I read somewhere, I think Casey Carter had tweeted after – Nikki won that when they were doing raw from the Thunderdome and the, from the performance center in order to get the fan feel when they paid all of the NXT people to be there in the stands, apparently Nikki bought the uh, everyone in the stands pizza. So she's a class, a citizen in everyone's book and everyone is happy for, and I know some of you were like, why cash in money in the bank right away It just makes it meaningless. We all know it's predictable that you're going to cash it in as soon as you win it. So why even do that? Okay, hey, guess what? It's wrestling and it's all made up. So deal with it. It wouldn't have been any different if she would have cashed it in that night. And so what? Maybe next year's Money in the Bank winner on the female side will wait till WrestleMania. Maybe one of them will wait until almost the next Money in the Bank uh, preceding it next year will win it. Who knows? I know some people have said maybe you should have multiple money in the bank matches throughout the year if someone cashes it in. No, sir. Once it's done, it's done. So just deal with it. It's fine. You'll be okay. The sun will rise and set again. You, you, you'll be fine. Don't worry about it. All right. So, uh, you know, what we're going to do is we're going to take a very short break to collect my breath, collect my thoughts. We're going to go into our uh, final topic of the news. Because there was a lot of news. And I want to go over my review of MLW Battle Riot. That should be pretty hilarious. So uh, stick around. We'll be back in a few. You are watching the Heel and Face podcast. A podcast about news, information, and commentary brought to you by Heel Turn Wrestling. Be back in a couple. All right. We're back. And, uh, yeah, I know I need to work on some bumper music. I need to work on some type of filler for... Uh, When I fade out to get a little drinky poo and, you know, break up the podcast a little bit, Uh, but I will figure it out somehow. I'll get my uh, act together. However, someone who's struggling with his act right now, and that's kids, what we call a segue is somebody that, you know, the world is just losing their mind over this and probably completely. Overblowing it as wrestling fans do. But Carrion Cross has become another victim of Vince not caring about NXT and sending a clear message to the world of professional wrestling. NXT champion Karrion Cross was called up to SmackDown and where he Lost to Jeff Hardy with Jeff Hardy putting his feet on the ropes. And now everybody, fans in the world of professional wrestling are completely dumbstruck about it. So we all know that Vince McMahon barely keeps up and he sees or he hears about NXT. And what he hears about NXT is that More fans are watching it than they're watching Raw. And he's seeing his flagship, his baby, Raw, sink in stature, sink in the ratings. The writing for Raw is almost abysmal. There's no star power there. He's really souring on a lot of guys. But NXT is doing great. So what happens Well, you start calling guys up. You start seeing who's down there in NXT. And as we talked about in a couple of podcasts ago, that Vince made it a point to go down to the Capitol Wrestling Center to scout for talent for Raw and SmackDown. And this is his idea of it. Conspicuous by her absence was, was Scarlet. Sorry, my mind blanked for a second there. And no one knows why. She was on a dark match a couple of weeks ago wrestling. But as far as the team, the team was out with... Only one member. Now, granted, he was the champ. He's got the belt. He represents NXT brand. And then he was probably kind of healed on by Jeff Hardy, you know, with the foot on the ropes. And I know they played it off as Wiley veteran, but in actuality, it was a bad all-around look for Karrion Cross. And, very, and many people are saying that this is, in fact, a not-so-subtle message sent by Vince McMahon to NXT and to Triple H, that this product, this NXT, is nothing more than developmental. It's nothing more than the farm system. Don't get your hopes up. And certainly, I don't take... This is seriously. Um, well, the fans have gone apoplectic with this and many of you out there uh, have, you know, gone everything from protest WWE to let's get Vince McMahon out of here somehow. Uh, let's. Get somebody who is competent and knows what they're doing in the world of professional wrestling uh, in charge of this company, because it's not working. And if Vince is not in charge, if Vince is not running it, if it's not Vince's creation, he doesn't care about it. He doesn't accept it. He doesn't want to have anything to do with it. And that may be petty and childish. And that may be the ramblings of an 85 year old man, 75 year old man. So we need to, in fact, somehow get rid of Um, Vince McMahon and I'm not against that I'm not totally against that somehow Triple H has to do and maybe Triple H and Shane or Triple H and Stephanie have to do to Vince McMahon what Vince McMahon did to Vince Senior which is ask to buy him out ask to take over the company basically say Um, we, we run the company now, we'll buy all of your shares out and you can live out your life in peace and splendor, knowing that you accomplished turning a Carney sideshow that was only catering to a crowd from New York, Boston and Portland, Maine to An international global phenomenon and a billion dollar, multiple hundred billion dollar company. So um, good luck convincing Vincent Van that. Again, this is the supposition that any of that is true. Is there a little bit of overreaction on our part that carry across as quote unquote getting buried or that this is what's happening. I mean, if you want to put two and two together and couple, carry across cross with what happened to Keith Lee, then OK, I, I get it. We wrestling fans, very intense. We are very upset when our favorites don't get the status that we feel like they deserve. And I'm not definitely I'm not sticking up for Vince McMahon on any of this. But I do want to say that. It was Keith Lee's first match back after months, even though we don't know why he was off TV that long. And this is possibly the foot in the door to see how Carrie Across would react to a little bit of adversity. Let's not let's not pretend that Kevin Cross, Karrion Across, whatever you want to call him, Killer Cross, hasn't Had a somewhat meteoric rise Through professional wrestling I don't think he's even been a professional wrestler For very long I have to do a little bit more deep diving On his personal life and how he got into pro wrestling But he's not That old And I don't think he's been In pro wrestling for longer than 10 years Yes, he spent a significant Amount of his time in Impact He spent a significant amount of his time In other places Building up his rep in the burgeoning Arizona Southwest uh, United States wrestling scene. Uh, yes, he's Canadian and he has legitimately studied judo and Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So he's definitely got belts in, in those di- disciplines. So it's not like he doesn't know what he's doing. He, I don't think he has been in professional wrestling that long. So his push is a little accelerated, granted. If Vince sees something in this character, Vince sees something in Karrion Kross himself, then he may just be biding his time. He may just be seeing what he's got. You know, okay, pal, you're this hot, new wrestler that we have here you've barely been in the pro wrestling business how do you handle adversity how do you handle getting pinned by jeff hardy with jeff hardy's foot on the ropes and that's actually by extension goes the same with keith lee hey you've got a lot of hot steam coming in here pal you're huge you're everything i'm looking for in a pro wrestler but can you work wwe style pal you are 330 you are six foot five and 330. You know, you can't be flying around like one of these flippy guys forever, pal. I want you to be a big man. I want you to wrestle like a big man. I want you to wrestle like the giant and diesel. So, so who knows, but we could probably be overanalyzing this. And most likely we probably are. And as a matter of fact, Again, I hate to default to him, but one of the few guys that has somewhat of an access into the mind of Vince McMahon, Jim Cornette, even said something effect of, "This is totally a McMahon move. He will probably have cross lose a couple of different ways for a while on." Raw and SmackDown Until he finally realizes that He can't do it alone And he has to have someone watch his back And then bang, the impact of uh, Scarlett Joining him by his side Will be even greater Because apparently, according to Jim Cornette That's what Vince McMahon likes to do So we shall see what happens To our young champion Karrion Cross, As he navigates the muddy waters Of the WWE call-up Well, enough of that, enough of that foolishness, enough of that silliness. Let's talk about something that actually did happen. Let's talk about something that I enjoyed watching. And yes, like I said, I watched all three WWE shows and by watching three, I ended up watching none because nothing that spectacular other than what happened on Raw really stood out to me. Um, Yes, Samoa Joe is going to call out said Karrion Cross for the belt. Karrion Cross did lay out NXT General Manager William Regal. By the way, they had to reshoot um, NXT and his segments because the fans were being obnoxious and calling out Jeff Hardy. So uh, it's like NXT has to... You know, put tape and glue and MacGyver their episode based off what happens on the main roster, kind of like what Vince and John Laurinaitis did to not uh, to uh, OVW with Jim Cornette there. But I digress. SmackDown was generally good. I can't pull one thing that I uh, did like from it. I know that. They should have probably gone out a little bit to get the crowd. I think it would have been a perfect opportunity for Carmella and Bianca Belair to go out down the walkway and do some things and try to pull the crowd into it. When you have a crowd of over like 15, 20, 100,000 people there, uh, there's no way you're going to get them. So I know they've faced a lot of criticism. Uh, I know some people said, well, that proves the popularity of WWE is not what WWE thinks it is. Uh, It was a crowd of hip-hop fans that probably either – Didn't remember they were there or weren't there to see wrestling, even as much as Wally hyped it up. So I think they should have gone a little old school there and Carmella and Bianca should have walked out to the crowd, so to speak, and try to get people um, even having a spot where maybe throwing. I know, again, I'm dictating what wrestlers do to their bodies, I know, but even a point to maybe throw Carmella off of the stage or something like that. Just to get the crowd woke up, just to get the crowd, you know, to pop and get in there. Uh, maybe uh, even a Holy S chant would have been fine. Now, who knows? Um, and there was something backstage that happened on SmackDown. I don't remember what it was, but I found it hilarious. So we just got to move on. I think the it might have been the Baron Corbin segments. Those say, oh, yeah, it was. It was. It was the Baron Corbin segments with Kevin Owens. And Kevin Owens is the perfect guy for that spot, too because he gets it, he gets what pro wrestling is. He delivered what he, what he needed to deliver. All those silly vignettes in PWG and everywhere else paid off for him. And uh, Kevin Owens can find, you know, sympathy in Baron Corbin and, and try to help him out. And You know, what's Kevin Owens' gimmick? He's a family man who fights for his family. And when Baron Corbin started making that appeal to him, Kind of pulled Kevin's heartstrings a little bit. I would love to see like Baron Corbin become Kevin Owens like mentee, you know, a second, so to speak, not a slave or anything like that. Not a, not a, not a servant, not a butler or like what's going on in NXT. By the way, that was brilliant too, uh, on NXT. I didn't talk about that, but the whole segment of forcing Cameron Grimes to, uh, punch Drake Maverick out and That was pretty good But Overall WWE just kind of Ran together for me And there were some Good spots And then there were Some meh uh, But One Very intriguing match That happened And yes This happened two weeks ago And they finally put it up But again We knew that This was the Start of the season For Major League Wrestling And they kicked it off With Battle Riot So was not able to procure pictures for my discussion for Battle Riot, but I will talk about it because it didn't even really last that long. It lasted uh, a fair amount of time. Um, Overall, it was good. Um, I have been following the product enough to get a tertiary account of what's going on. Okay. I'm not coming back into major league wrestling blind. I just haven't been, you know, going back to watch all the MLW underground matches and all that. I've been biding my time. And uh, if things were better in my life, I probably would have made a more serious attempt to actually go to battle riot live, but you know, things are being what they are and I only can do so much. So uh, here we go with the open for Battle Riot, which opened with a kind of a shock. It opened with the presence of El Jefe, the patron, so to speak, of Azteca Underground, Cesar Duran, came out to greet the wild and wooly ready MLW crowd at the 2300 arena he then came out and shockingly he kind of cut like a baby face promo saying that uh, he heard that this city was uh, appreciative of good wrestling appreciative of lucha libre and then of course he had to turn it and say it he thought it was a bunch of bs Uh, He went on to brag that he uh, reinvigorated the respect for Lucha Libre in this country with his company and that there will be no more disrespect for Lucha Libre and there will be no more disrespect for him because as part of the agreement to bring Azteca underground to MLW, he has now – become the official matchmaker for MLW. So I don't know what's going on in New York. I don't know what's going on with Kurt Bauer. He may have in fact made a deal with the devil, but we will see. And then of course you can't just stop there because as soon as that announcement happened, out comes injustice of all people. That's right, Jordan Oliver and the young goat Myron Reed, the current middleweight champion came out and basically said, look, we don't care. We want our shot at the MLW Tag Team Champions, and we know that you have Los Parks under control. So why don't we just do the damn thing? And so they did challenge. By the way, again, nothing against Jordan Oliver, but he sounds like he's 15. He looks like he's 15. I'm sure he's in his 30s. I'm sure he's a uh, you know he's a veteran of of, of many years in squared circle. He just doesn't look it. That's fine because that didn't matter. Because as soon as they threw out the challenge to Duran, all of a sudden, bang, out of nowhere, the new and improved, newly reincarnated LAX, the Latin American exchange, led by Conan, came out of the ring to confront Injustice, to basically tell them that they jumped a the line and that we are here, 5150, here to stay. And Conan uh, said he was going to bring his boys, Riviera and. Um, oh, man. Sorry. Name escapes me. Uh, Slice Boogie. Thank you. Shoot. Came out with Riviera, Slice Boogie, and Dr. Julia Smokes. So he's going to take the LAX to a whole new level in MLW. Then it was uh, broke down. Jordan Oliver uh, called Conan a corny cloud-chasing clown using alliteration. So he, his English teacher should be proud. And then that broke down into a cluster schmazz to take us to backstage where Alicia Toots had Newcomer to MLW, uh, previously released, uh, Ed Njuka, who is calling himself the Judge, Ed Njuka, to go ahead and pick his number for Battle Riot. Of course, we had a feed cut. Contra came in, and Joseph Samel stood there with Devari, Mads Kruger, and Simon Gotch, and Ikuro Kwan. Uh, Simon Gotch, who I thought wasn't in. I thought he had left. Maybe he's back, uh, but he is a part of Contra. So Contra came in and basically said they were taking over. and They have surprises on their own. Um, come back from a brief about a new show from uh, MLW Fusion, ML Fusion Alpha. Interested to see what that's about. We see Tom Lawler and Kevin Koo, who looks great, by the way. It looks like he lost a ton of weight. Backstage And uh, um, Kevin Koo Picks from the rolling drum He likes his number And he's fine Lawler however Chooses to use this as a practice round first Uh, He's not happy with his number So he tries to go in again And that didn't work The judge comes back To scare off team Filthy And everybody's got their position now. So here we go. I think they pulled uh, the Pat Patterson rule for the Royal Rumble. They said a new wrestler every 60 seconds. I think some of it was 40 seconds because the whole entire show was only about an hour and a half. At points, the match was a little overdone, hard to follow. At at one point, there was probably close to 25, almost 30 wrestlers at the ring at one time. The first elimination was Savio Vega. Uh, This was no disqualification. Weapons are permitted. And elimination, pinfall submission or throwing a wrestler over the top rope with the winner to get a title shot anytime, anywhere. Now, pinfall or submission in a Battle Royal seems awful Owen hart to me, but what do I know? I'm just a guy in my basement talking about professional wrestling. A lot of good uh, spots in here, a lot of uh, positives to take away. The return of Davy Richards. So that was a good thing. Um, everybody was happy to see Richards back. He was the number one entry and Tom Lawler was number two. And of course, as you would imagine, it became a submission ground game for a few minutes until TJ Perkins entered the fray. And you would think that'd be a little more high flying. No, Uh, TJP comes in right away and puts Lawler in an octopus stretch as uh, Lawler had Richards hooked up with an ankle lock. So uh, that was a lot of, I would say resting going on. And then uh, uh, Tiger Style, Lee Moyerty hits. And uh, he's a guy that uh, we've talked about briefly on the show here, up-and-coming guy in the indie scene. And he's finally got on a uh, major promotion, so good for him. He was in Battle Riots, uh, a lot of chicanery, including the fake Von Eric. Kid Osborne, who's going by Rip Von Eric, uh, and he's just basically asking for a butt kicking from the Von Eric family. Um, king Mo entered. Calvin Tankman Ares, uh, who is king of strange style, and his style in the ring was really strange. Um, had a lot of fire, good lucha, knows what he's doing, but he had some really kind of weird moves. But I got through that. Um, Gringo Loco doing his thing. Zen Shi pulling off some pretty wild moves, speaking about wild moves. And uh, if MLW uh, was smart, they would be booking uh, Zen Shi versus Perez for the middleweight, number one contender for middleweight belt. So we shall see. Um, Zen Shi even pulled a Kofi Kingston, uh, not getting eliminated by falling out on his hands and then hooking his legs Onto the guardrail and stopping his momentum, and then doing another handstand walk all the way to the side of the ring where he hooked his legs to the middle rope and thus saving himself from elimination. Uh, Myron Reed came in, like I said, Savio Vega, Jordan Oliver. Um, the funniest bump of the night wasn't intentional. Uh, This guy named Beastman, we have no idea where he's coming from. We do know that he should probably not do a running slide into the bottom of the ring because uh, his belly stopped him. That's right. His belly acted as a doorstop and stopped his momentum from sliding in the ring. So poor guy. Uh, It's an interesting gimmick, but um, you lose your momentum when you run full sprint to the ring. Try to slide into impact and get stuck by friction. Of course, LAX came down to the ring altogether, Slice Boogie and Rivera, with uh, Julius Smokes impersonating New Jack by bringing a cart full of weapons down. Of course, weapons are legal, so what can you do? Um, LAX means business. Matt Cross was there, so well, good for him, I think this is probably part of the Aztec Underground deal that he's there. um The first elimination, again, was Sabio Vega. I think uh, he lost to a pinfall. Uh, And I think it was at the hands of Rivera, actually. So that was interesting uh, that LAX pinned one of the greatest uh, Puerto Rican wrestlers of all time. But that's... Neither here nor there. Even Buku Dow looked pretty good. Buku Dow looked kind of doughy last time we saw him, but looks like he's thinned out a little bit, so that looks good. Um, just eliminations left and right. Tom Lawyer Lawler got eliminated. Beastmaster, Aramis, uh, Kit... Osborne, a.k.a. Rip Von Eric, got eliminated. Then things started really getting good. People got thrown left and right. Alex Kane made his debut in MLW, um, a a big kid with a lot of wrestling background. Um, He uh, suplexed uh, a belly-to-back, no belly-to-back, he German suplexed Calvin Tankman. Now is really impressive. Kim Chi randomly made an appearance, okay. And speaking of random appearance, also did Quang the Ninja. That's right, kids. Quang, the ninja, made his appearance. Came out of retirement 20 years, 20, 25 years ago. After his debut in the then WWF, Quang makes his appearance. Uh, Ziggy Dice, a guy that's pretty hilarious and is, is getting more of a notice. Saw him a lot in NWA. Uh, pretty good personality. He, he did the Loser leaves. Town match with I uh, can't remember who And it got a little intense there I did comment on that a couple of podcasts ago It was nothing against Ziggy Dice I think he just worked unnecessarily stiff uh, I want to say it was either JTG It was a it was a veteran I think it was JTG, yeah, I think it was Ziggy Dice And JTG, it was like a loser leaves town Like the winner wins the uh, NWA TV championship And the loser uh, leaves town So that's what that was Ziggy Dice is a guy who Uh, At some point in his life should probably team up with Boogs. I don't know why I'm just calling that right now. Um, We start getting to the eliminations and uh, L.A. Park even make his way back to the ring, which he wasn't supposed to be there. And, well, of course, longtime rival of the former champions in MLW, the Von Erics, who made their way to the ring as well. Uh, At some point the chairman took a, a iron claw slam from, or at least he was going to take an iron, uh, an iron claw slam from uh, Marshall Von Erich, but instead Marshall's claw is so strong that he, in fact, by moving his hand ripped off the mask to reveal that it was in fact Tom Lawler who dressed up as La Parca and tried to get involved in the match. So technically Tom Lawler was the only person to be eliminated twice from a Riot match. Um, the, the rest of Contra filled in. Even Joseph Samuel got in and he brought the spike with him. And he spiked somebody in the back of the head. I don't remember who it was, but it looked pretty vicious. Of all people, to be hanging around, really not doing anything, and this is probably a part of the you know MLW radio network or whatever, but the Blue Meanie made an appearance. B, the BWO, the Blue World Order, made an appearance at Battle Riot. Um, I like uh, Akuro Kwan. He made his way into the ring as well, like I said. The entire Contra unit came in except for the Samoan werewolf, Jacob Fatu, and of course Let's not forget the most important, the man of the hour, the tower of power, the, the MLW open weight champion, Alex Hammerstone made his way down to the ring, um, to clean house and get involved. There's a reason why they saved him though. And I don't want, I'm, I'll, I'll briefly talk about it when I come to the end. Uh, Sentai death squad, uh, uh, King Muertes, the former Judas Macias, the former uh, Mil Muertes, courtesy of Azteca Underground, King Muertes made his appearance. Didn't look all that great, honestly. Didn't look that bad of him that much of a monster. Seeing as though also uh, Mads Kruger and other bigger guys were in the ring too at that time, so it kind of made him look less monstrous, if that's a word. Um, and Gino Medina f- Filled out So it was 40 entrants And uh, again it was hard to follow at times But you know at some point They got all the main people out there That they wanted to be out there uh, They got Contra out there uh, They had uh, The Von Ericks. It all tied together well um, Alexander Hamilton Ended up just tossing guys left and right from Contra with the help of the Von Erichs. So that was interesting. Uh, Mads Kruger, however, took care of the Von Eriks, uh, also with the help of Simon Gotch. But in the end, the winner who was actually really blown up. And there's probably a reason why he was one of the last in there. Uh, he looked like he was really struggling at some point. Uh, but your winner, and I don't want to disper- disparage the win because I really like – Alexander Hammerstone, but your winner of Battle Riot 3, Alexander Hammerstone, who not only earned a shot at whatever belt he wanted to, but made a serious dent in a Contra unit, even symbolically taking Contra's flag and ripping it to shreds in the middle of the ring, a la another professional wrestling superhero that wore red and gold with bleach blonde hair and muscles for days did oh 30 years ago that's right if you didn't catch this there was an obvious homage to the immortal hulk hogan even posing like him in the end of the match so the message is very clear that you know hammerstone is still a huge hulk hogan fan or at least borrowed a lot from hulk hogan Uh, just like hulk hogan he's defeating his enemies just like hulk hogan he won't stop until he defeats the evil foreigners and not to be denied, last year's Heel and Face Wrestler of the Year, the Samoan Werewolf Jacob Fatu even came out to try to get in the face of Alexander Hammerstone and his moment, but the Hammer came down on Contra. So that was kind of the review. Um, I would say as far as the show went, I would say uh, two and a half stars. It was free. It was the start of MLW's new season. We all know what's happening. Hammerstone is getting that opportunity, and they're going to save it for the right time to challenge Jacob Fatu to finally get the MLW heavyweight belt off of him, and it's going to be glorious when it happens. So let's see. The future is definitely bright for major league wrestling. Well, that's it. I mean, that's kind of it. For today's episode of Heal and Face Podcast, thanks for joining me. Uh, went a little long. I, I know I always usually do, but I just wanted to talk to you, touch base with you guys on what's going on in the world of professional wrestling this week. Hopefully it won't be as crazy as, uh, you know, you uh, you saw it be. Um, maybe those of you out there who've been yearning for uh, your favorite wrestlers of 20 years ago will be getting your wish. My personal opinion is I think the CM Punk ship has sailed, so I'm not really that intrigued. It's not going to make me watch AEW to see if he comes out. Who knows if even it's 100% true. The only thing we know is, for some odd reason, Live in Color, Corey Glover, And will Calhoun now follow AEW? So that might be a curious hint to see if CM Punk is officially signed. But for me, the CM Punk ship has sailed. And as far as Daniel Bryan goes, he can do whatever he wants. God bless him. It's going to make it really awkward around vegan Thanksgiving. But what do I know? I'm just a guy who talks about pro wrestling in his basement. Thanks for joining me today. Before we go again, share the page. Like, share, Notify when I come on, go to all my social medias, not just here on Facebook. Um, you know, I want to be all over the place and I want to be accessible to everyone. And the weird two-factor authorization that I had to do this week kind of opened my eyes to the fact that I need to be in a lot of different places. So not just here on Facebook, but check me out on Minds. You can check me out on Twitter. You can see my Twitter handle. You can check me out on locals. You can check me out on most social media platforms. And all you need to do is just type in heel and face, heel and face podcast, and I should show up. Also, don't just check me out. Do as the crawl says. Check out heel turn wrestling at ht wrestling316 on Facebook. And you could go to all the great shows, not just mine. You can go to Billy Alexander's behind the mic. And Franchise Takes Five show You can go and witness Actually, And he just posted uh, His promotions uh, Shows, uh, some of his matches On Heel Turn Wrestling So you can get live independent professional wrestling On Heel Turn Wrestling as well You can check out Piers Austin and all of his shows Shooting the S um, you Killing the Business You can check out His uh, uh, His Podcasting Network too They're really good Shout out to everybody In Australia You can check out The boys at Two the turnbuckle They apparently went To Smackdown In Cleveland And they should have A really exciting Review of it On Tuesday When their show starts And of course You could check out All of our sick memes All of our dank memes All of our dankly sick And all of our sickly dank memes From the boys In the meme department The meme gods Leo and Adam and you can check us all out at HT Wrestling 316. That's HT Wrestling 316 on Facebook. And if you couldn't join me live or if you couldn't join me on Facebook, you can also stream the audio version of this podcast on your favorite social media service. Okay, I've said everything and I've said enough. So have a great week, you guys. I will see you next week with all of the news, information, and commentary that you need to know about the world of professional wrestling here. On the Heel and Face podcast, brought to you by Heel Turn Wrestling. Have a great week, you guys. And as always, peace.